You're listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Many medical professionals are uncomfortable discussing sexual issues, especially in the context of treating a potentially fatal illness. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I am Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is Dr. Sally Kidd. Dr. Kidd is the co-author of Intimacy After Cancer, A Woman's Guide. She is a clinical psychologist and breast cancer survivor who frequently lectures about challenges to a person's sexuality that a cancer diagnosis presents. Welcome. Thank you very much for inviting me. My pleasure. Dr. Kidd, how is a woman's body image and self-esteem affected by cancer surgery or other treatments? To begin with, I'd like to sort of explain or define what a body image is and what a woman's self-esteem is. A body image is the mental picture we have of our bodies and the way we treat ourselves based on that picture. And once you understand that, then you can talk about how it can be affected by by cancer. It's also important to realize this isn't inborn. We aren't born with this. This is learnt. It's learnt from our family of origin and from our friends and frequently, especially women, we're our own worst critics. We don't like the way we look, and we compare ourselves with these six-foot, 110-pound models. We have not been airbrushed into perfection, and so we we tend to be quite self-critical. Talking about self-esteem, if you have a healthy self-esteem, it indicates you've got a good opinion of, of yourself and your abilities. Not quite the same as body image, but certainly cancer can really hit your sense of body image you're not going to look the same afterwards. One woman who was in, responded to our survey asking people how they felt about their bodies said, I am hideous. I hate myself. So it wasn't just that she didn't like how she looked. It's how she felt about herself as a result of how she looked. And my heart just went out to her. Uh, it's a whole bunch of issues. Men tend not to worry, I think, so much about how they feel. For example, an amusing sort of anecdote is that when couples make love, men quite often are far more participatory than women. Women will say, oh my God, look at my stomach. It's really dreadful and be more a spectator. And we encourage in the book women to come to terms with themselves or like themselves and participate rather than criticize themselves. But how can you do that? One of the focus of the book is psychological aspects of dealing with cancer and self-esteem and body image. It's encourage women to not use the double standard, which is saying about yourself something that was far less kind than you'd say to somebody else. You know, we beat ourselves up for what we would be very forgiving in another person. There's a wonderful book written by Carolyn Hillman called Love Your Looks, and she talks about how to improve your body image. And she says you have to caress yourself. Caressing, the word caress is used as an acronym. And she's got some really good points. She suggests you show compassion for what you're feeling and how you're looking. And very few women, I think, do that. Other than if they're absolutely, totally perfect. But the rest of us, the normal average-sized people, not the perfect size sixes, tend not to be very compassionate about ourselves. And we need to accept ourselves and how we look. And 
acknowledge that maybe we don't look how we did when we were 15 or, or 20, but accept that we've been through a lot of experiences and even traumas to the body, such as having cancer surgery, and just be much more accepting. We also need to respect ourselves, and these are largely psychological issues. We need to encourage ourselves to take the steps we need to take to achieve the things we want to achieve just as we're looking right now, not changing our body image, not letting our body image get in the way of us achieving things we want to do, and praise ourselves, which is uh, stroke ourselves, praising our steps along the way, and supporting ourselves. I think she's got some good points there because women are not the, not the kindest people to themselves. Right, and certainly would apply to those that haven't had cancer as well. Absolutely. One of the things we've realized in the book when I showed it to people who are menopausal or one woman even said, this book sounds as if it'll, it's good for me. I am no longer in the infatuation stage after marriage and it can probably help me. And certainly other psychologists have commented on, well, maybe this is just a useful book for women who have sexual issues. People who've had cancer does not have the corner on self-esteem or body image issues. It's a female thing frequently. Dr. Kidd, you talk about post-traumatic growth in the context of treatment for cancer. What does that mean? There's a wonderful guy called Dr. Matthew Cordova, who is based at a VA in, I think it's Palo Alto, California. I'm not quite sure where. Quite often, women who have had cancer, going through cancer treatment, are encouraged to be positive, feel good, be up. And often women feel embarrassed to acknowledge that they're not feeling the greatest. Sometimes they just plain don't feel good. And Dr. Cordova talked about, initially talked about a fighting spirit and how women can have a positive attitude and maintain hope and acknowledge all the challenges that cancer brings with it. Post-traumatic growth is a very interesting concept that sort of follows on from some of these issues, and, and Dr. Cordova raised it. Cancer is classified as one of the traumas that can cause post-traumatic stress disorder. It is sufficiently traumatic, either the diagnosis or the treatment, that people can be so traumatized that they will experience PTSD. Post-traumatic growth is having gone through what you experience when you have cancer and feel you are a greater person afterwards. You are more of a person. You know yourself better. You feel more fulfilled. You appreciate life more. You grow through it. In Canada and some parts of the U.S. and other countries, some women who feel they have beaten the dragon of cancer jump into dragon boats. They would be examples of post-traumatic growth. They are a support system, but they're not sitting around thinking, oh, you know, it was awful. They're thinking, we're going to conquer the dragon and we are going to compete in dragon boat races. That's an example of post-traumatic growth. If you've just joined us, you're listening to ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunch, your host, and with me today is Dr. Sally Kidd. We are discussing sexuality and cancer. Sally, can you fill us in on some of the resources that are available for people surrounding these issues? Absolutely. The book is written in easy-to-read style, so it's easy for a doctor who probably doesn't have the time to talk about some of these issues. 
and may be embarrassed to talk about them. To, it's written in an easy-to-read style, but it's the gold standard. We've consulted research papers to make sure that we're accurate. We've spoken to oncologists, research pharmacists, to make sure that our information that we present is accurate. And again, it's called Intimacy After Cancer, A Woman's Guide. Absolutely. Thank you. It's easy for a doctor to give it to the women. It's easy for the women to buy it themselves and get some information from it. It also lists other resources that are available. We mention other books that are out there. For example, something like Breast Cancer Husband. We have a chapter in our book for husbands, but there is a book called Breast Cancer Husband. There's also websites such as breastcancer.org or America Cancer Society is www.cancer.org. And then we have other organizations who help with products that make cancer more painful, and we give their details on their websites. And there are a number of products that can definitely help women. Couples enjoy cancer better, and women have either pain-free or much more pain-free intercourse. What might those be? There is one product If a woman is on a drug such as tamoxifen or other drugs, and also menopause will cause this, it just dries the vagina. And so there is one product called Replens, which is a moisturizer that by regular use every three or four days, it increases the level of moisture in in the vagina, which we encourage just so that the, the vagina is more receptive for intercourse. In addition... As part of our workshops, we ask women to feel through their fingers different lubricants, vaginal lubricants, to see what they felt was the most like their own lubrication. And in the book, we talk about thin lubricants and more gel-like lubricants. All doctors and health professionals know about KY Jelly. There is one called Astroglide which has been highly rated. They certainly came back and said they, they liked this. And there are also some products out there, and I'm not warning people against it, but one of the challenges for women who've had cancer, an estrogen-positive cancer, and for menopausal women, is that sometimes intercourse causes a burning sensation. So there are quite a few lubricants out there that offer warming, a warming uh, uh, which may, they think, increase arousal. Well, it's absolutely opposite of what a woman who tends to feel burning when she's had uh, when she has intercourse to use. So we don't necessarily encourage those, but we certainly give all the information so that couples who read the book can be well informed and can then experiment. Now, are there particular issues that are unique to uh, women without husbands, single women, lesbian women? There are some issues. One of the challenges. For, and and we, uh, there's a story around this as well. One of the challenges for women who are single, not currently in a relationship, is how do you break the news to a potential sexual partner that you've had cancer? We encourage it to take place in the context of a general discussion about life. Sort of, so tell me about your past. Tell me about your past. You know, what significant has happened in your life? And that's the discussion we encourage. Both of the women in our workshops told their sexual partners as they were about to become sexual. And it killed the heat of the moment. And both men 
when they were told by these women, left and never stayed in touch. So we don't we encourage that not to happen based on two women who've had negative experiences, plus the fact you need to know what this person is like to share something as important as cancer diagnosis. And it just didn't work in their context. And I said, well, if you tried it like this, would it have worked better? They said, oh, much better. Talk about it before you get into the bedroom. I want to thank our guest today, Dr. Sally Kidd. We have been discussing intimacy after cancer. I am Dr. Leslie Lunt. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, please send your emails to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.